All right, Jake June and Dylan Bundy. Awesome stuff. Steve Pierce is home for the three straight games. I have a new segment called Sarcastic Advice of the Day. And, guys, I would say we've got a very, very strong crop of Team Name Tuesdays. Welcome to the show on Team Name Tuesday, April 10th. Adam, Heath, and working from home today with his dog in the background and a very long beard, Chris Towers. Hello, Chris. To be clear, the dog doesn't have a long beard. <laughs> That's right. I have a nice. long beard. Why are you both like rocking these big stupid beards? What is happening? Uh, I'm just, I'm just trying to see how long I can go until somebody tells me to shave either somebody at work higher up than me or my wife, frankly. I, I will have you know, I just had my beard trimmed. It is not a big stupid beard. It is a, a well shaped beard. Okay. I have not trimmed my beard since Christmas probably. Oh, well, that's, yeah, I, it, it doesn't look bad. You look a little like Brian Wilson. So, baseball reference right there. Alright, let's get to the standouts. I still want to clean up a little bit of what we missed yesterday with some of the, uh, weekend starting pitching performances. And, uh, talk, maybe we'll get some shortstop replacements for Xander Bogarts, who's out 10 to 14 days, kind of dodged a bullet there. Uh, alright, so Dylan Bundy and Jake Junis both went seven innings. Gave up a combined two runs. Junis was scoreless, had a no-hitter into the seventh. Uh, Bundy struck out ten. Junis struck out three. Bundy had 19 swinging strikes. Junis had six swinging strikes. Look, they're, they're a different caliber right now, but both off to great starts. And kind of interesting that they don't really throw that hard for a right-handed pitcher this day and age. Uh, Heath, let's start with you. How much are you buying Dylan Bundy? How much are you buying Jake Junis? I'm buying both at a certain level. I, I don't think the cost is still anywhere close to the same for between the two. So I'm I'm buying Bundy in so much that he probably de- deserves to be in my top 40 starting pitchers now. I'm buying Junis to the extent that I think that until something goes wrong, you need to start him. Chris, your thoughts? Is I, I guess the question for me is going to be, is there a reason to think Dylan Bundy won't keep throwing his slider 25% of the time? Uh, he threw it 27 times on 101 pitches last night and got 12 swinging strikes. That's been the case for him. When he was throwing it a lot early last season, he was really good. When he was throwing it a lot late last season, he was really good. For some reason, there was about a three-month stretch in the middle of last season where he just stopped throwing his slider much, and he was bad. So it's it's probably as simple as that for me. If there's any reason to think he won't keep throwing it, I'm going to be worried. But for now, I really like what he's doing. Would you take either of these guys over Johnny Cueto? No. Um, I don't think I would, but Dylan Bundy's getting close. I yeah. think you can make an optimistic case to take Bundy over Cueto in a roto format. I, I don't think I, there's any chance I could in points. Are you going to be looking to sell Bundy or Junis? I or just feel hold? like Junis is going to be getting a lot of hype in the next few days in the fantasy baseball world, and I think it's a good opportunity to sell high. He's not getting strikeouts. He's not getting swinging strikes. I actually don't think his stuff is that bad. His breaking ball is pretty good, but right now it's just it seems like we're getting a lot of luck from him, and if people start thinking that he's like a top fifty, top forty starting pitcher, I would I would look to move him. I see. I think fifty's fair. I, and he's trying to go a difficult route. We were hoping in spring that uh, we were going to see a lot more strikeouts, and there were strikeout totals were okay 
in the first game. Um, I think top 50 is completely fair. Okay. If you get into the top 40 range, then yes, sell quickly. There are just, there are similar, there are pitchers with similar skill sets on better teams is my, my way of looking at it. Yeah, the Royals are terrible, right? I mean, well, that's the, that's the one kidding, thing that benefits Junus. They are terrible. I think they're going to lose 90 games. I'm not oh. trying to argue that okay. they're good. Then I'm not kidding. The one thing they've been good at so far this season, and it was kind of a question mark with Lorenzo Cain leaving, is the defense for Kansas City is still elite. They have caught the highest percentage of fly balls and line drives this season. If Junus gets to pitch half of his games in that park in front of a good defense, he's probably going to be top 50. Okay. Well, we uh, we got a good Jake Junis team name coming up. Other standouts from Monday. What do you got for me, Heath? Who stood out to you? Well, I was most excited to talk about Jake Junis. You just kind of <laughs> stole my thunder. Right, well, um, you can steal some of mine. I put some standouts right there in the notes for you. You can just copy off my paper. Just copy off your paper. I think I, I have to move Zach Godley up again. Scott Ooh. was extremely excited about him coming into the year, and he has been – now it was at San Francisco, so that helps a little bit, but he's been awesome. Yeah, another righty who doesn't throw all that hard. But I guess it doesn't always matter. But uh breaking the mold a little bit. Zach Godley was among the aces who were just unbelievable yesterday. Seven scoreless innings, 20 swinging strikes, nine strikeouts at the Giants. Uh Can we talk about Steve Pierce, 3% owned? He has homered in three straight games. Chris, how owned should Steve Pierce, Blue Jays outfielder Steve Pierce, be? 22%. That's way too high. Uh, my... <laughs> If he was playing every day, I actually, I think Steve Pierce is a good hitter and he's got, is he just outfield eligible right now? Yeah. I want to see him play I know second he, base, he's but he's been not. second base in the past and that would be pretty helpful. Um, but the question for me is just playing time. He doesn't really have it consistently right now. I think it's an easy path for him to get it. Gritchick off to a terrible start. He snapped an 0 for 26 streak. Granderson's actually off to a good start, but he'll probably sit against lefties. And then I don't know if they would play him at second base, but I suppose they could. But I I feel like if you believe in Steve Pierce to the point where he should be 22% owned, okay, like not not completely buying in, I, the, the, there should be room for playing time there. And he's been hitting at the top of the order for the Blue Jays. Yeah, I, I, he hit fourth yesterday. And, and to add some context to this discussion, Devin Travis has a 289 OPS. Right. And Aledmus Diaz has a 519 slugging, but he's hitting 222 with zero walks. I I just don't – I mean, I think part of the reason that Pierce has been elevated a little bit is the majority of his plate appearances. Like teams put him in good spots against lefties. Against righties, he's been a below-average hitter for his career. Okay. So I, I don't know how excited I would get even if he got the everyday playing time. I just don't think it's going to last. Chris, how about you? Do you have a standout for us? You know what – he blew a save last night, but I think Matt Albers is currently the Brewers closer. He got the save opportunity and it wasn't, he didn't pitch poorly. I was watching the game. There was a line drive off his glove that went for a hit. There was a uh, Colton Wong sacrifice bunt that ended up just dying right in that no man's land between the pitcher and third base. So the bases were loaded there. He would have gotten out of the inning if either of those two things, if either of those two balls had turned into outs. And then they left him in in the 10th inning to get the, to get the win. Right. To close out the game. So I, I think that's the guy to own for now. I wrote about that in the waiver wire column today. I mean, it's kind of funny because, you know, I was trying to make the case that Jacob Barnes didn't pitch that badly when he blew the save on Saturday because he gave up two infield singles. 
and there was an error behind him. And that's exactly what happened to Albers. No error, but two infield singles. And he did blow the save. But it was weird because on Saturday, yeah, Barnes got the save chance. Albers had pitched the day before. Today, or yesterday rather, Barnes got two outs in the eighth, and Albers came in for the save in the ninth. So uh we'll see what happens. And I do think it was, like Chris said, encouraging that they let him go out and pitch the tenth after they took the lead off Greg Holland, and he threw a scoreless tenth, got the win. Uh, so he got a blown save and a win in the same game. Albers is 16% owned. Barnes is 26% owned. Chris says that Albers is the guy to own. Heath, who would you rather own, Albers or Barnes? And it does appear that it is not Hayter, who was awesome, but he, he pitched before those two. He's just kind of like what we talked about with the Astros yesterday. Those guys are just two valuable teams. The smart teams have figured out to move into the closer role. I'm going to go with Albers. I do think his performance, while like they both had a blown save, his wasn't near as much his own doing. But so he hit two infield singles and an error. I understand. I understand, but he also had two walks and zero strikeouts. Albers had one two strikeouts and zero one walks. intentional walk. I agree with you. I'm just kind of busting your. Speaking of that game, we should just mention Greg Holland. Uh, yes, looked like he hadn't pitched yet this year, which yes. is weird. Four walks. He issued four walks. Again, one intentional, but. Four walks and blew the game. He, he took the loss. Walked the, the bases loaded. Walked in the tying, or the, yeah, the tying run for that one. No, the go ahead. He came in in a 4-4 game in the 10th inning and. You're right. You're yeah. right. Alright, so you know what? Let's jump ahead to the bullpen here. Since we're, since we're on the subject. Holland, terrible. Albers, we talked about. Ken Giles. They brought him in for one out. Chris Davinsky got the first two outs of the ninth in a one run, or two, two nothing game. And they they kept Davinsky in because Davinsky is great against lefties, even though he's a righty. So they had him face the lefties. Giles comes in with, I think, a runner on third. Nearly gives up a two-run homer. Ball goes just foul off Byron Buxton's bat. Then Giles gets the save. He gets a ground out. Um, Alex Colomay struggled again, but he got a save. I can't – I don't know who they'd replace him with. Soria pitched in a non-save situation, probably just getting some work. He hadn't pitched in four days. Blake Parker – did throw a scoreless eighth inning, but he pitched a scoreless eighth inning in a five-run game, up by five. So that was not a save chance for Blake Parker. And then I don't think anything here, Andrew Miller and Archie Bradley got saves. Probably Cody Allen not available. I don't know why Brad Boxberger wouldn't have been available, though. He pitched on Sunday, but that was his only appearance over his last three days. So that was a little strange. But I think a lot of interesting developments in the bullpen. We already talked about the Cardinals and Brewers. So first of all, should the Greg Holland owner be like, oh, Maybe I should pick up Gregerson. And then anything else? No. Okay. Well, anything else that you guys see with Giles, with Colome, with Soria, with Parker, with Miller, or with the Indians, and with um, the Diamondbacks? I'm not sure what's going on with Ken Giles. His uh, velocity isn't down. He just hasn't been very effective early on. But he's gone through stretches like this, so I'm not, I'm not ready to worry about that yet. And speaking of the uh, Rays, I think – I think if Colome was to lose the job, maybe Jose Alvarado would be the guy. He throws really hard. Uh, lefty, so there's some concern there, but that'd be the guy I'm targeting in their bullpen. Yeah, when I did my rankings update yesterday, I did drop Giles a few spots. It's not out of that range of closers that I feel pretty decent about, but he was too close to the top. Yeah, I looked for Brad Peacock. Brad Peacock, unfortunately, is owned every, you know, in, in many, many leagues. So I'm not sure you can get the handcuff to Giles, and Peacock got the save on Sunday. Uh, but I think the Blake Parker thing is interesting. Maybe they're just trying to get him going a little bit. He has been scoreless in three of his last four appearances, but 
Guys, if Keenan Middleton is out there, how much do you want to pick him up? I'm not Why? super enthused about it. Why? Well, I think he might be the closer. He he might be the closer. I don't I haven't lost enough closers this year to where I'm just out there looking on guys that might turn into the closer. Here's the thing. I do find that closers have the most overinflated value of any position. So if you play in a league where saves are scarce and you can get a guy that becomes a closer, you can trade him or you can trade one of your other closers. Uh, you know, and yeah, sometimes you don't want to waste your time dropping a good player for an excess closer. I get that, but I don't think it's a bad idea to stock up. Yeah, for me, it's just I'm at, I'm at that point in the season where there's too many guys that I still want to stash to see if they can turn it around. Like you mentioned, Randall Grichik's been off to a bad start. I still want to give him a chance, and I wouldn't necessarily drop him to speculate on someone who might become the closer. Who, you know, like Middleton, he looks okay, but he's certainly not. Someone that I expect to be lights out. Like the strikeout rate's pretty good, but he's given up a ton of home runs in his career. So I'm not ready to speculate on, on those guys yet. I don't, I just don't think there's that much value in it. All right. We have to have a very important intervention in uh, about a minute, but right now we have to tell you about something else that's very important. It's the Seat Geek app. You know, buying tickets can be very complicated, very confusing. Back in the day, I used to have to go on like five, diff- five different websites. I used to sell my tickets or buy my tickets actually on Craigslist. Thank goodness I didn't get like kidnapped or anything like that. But now it's all about SeatGeek. It's really the only place I go. Uh, I just I have the app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. And I can be anywhere with just a few taps. I can instantly get seats. I love the SeatGeek app. It saves you time and it saves you money by searching multiple ticket sites. I just went to a Yankees game last week. Uh, I stayed for 12 or 14 innings, which I'm proud of, by the way. Didn't stay for the whole thing, but 12 was a lot. Cold <laughs> weather. Um, I just went to the Yankees game thanks to SeatGeek last week. Got a great deal. And if you use the promo code FANTASY, you'll get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. By the way, every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Sports, concerts, comedy, theater. Make SeatGeek your go-to app. And use that promo code FANTASY. That is promo code FANTASY. For 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Somehow, someway, Chris Towers forgot the SeatGeek promo code, but I was happy to give it to you, Chris, last week. And I was happy to know that you use SeatGeek. Good for you. Yeah, I'm go- I'm trying to find tickets to a concert this week, so I'm uh, I'm monitoring the SeatGeek app. Good for you. Good for you. I'm, I'm sure it will get you the best price. Now let's have an intervention. Heath, this is scary stuff. Uh, it is Tuesday, April 10th. It was about 9.05 a.m. Chris Towers was eating breakfast. He was ha- <laughs> he was having a chocolate chip cookie and what like a what well, were you having a Capri Sun? Uh, a a Kool Aid Jammers fruit juice box. I mean, he has a death wish. <laughs> it's time for an intervention here. Um, yeah, I mean, just glad to hear there was no Diet Coke involved. That's we my, were uh... so my explanation is we were babysitting this weekend and we had a a, a bunch of juices and then i made cookies last night and like really is a chocolate chip cookie that much different than most breakfasts like is that really worse than a pancake drizzled with syrup no, and butter no no i'm, I'm really no, worried no, about I'm just the saying juice. Need, donut have an energy bar i'm worried have, about the juice i have lots of energy the, the juice box is the bad one Chris. there's a lot of sugar in there there's, oh it's better than the diet coke i don't know about that 
No, I think these things are healthy. They're for kids. You can't make unhealthy <laughs> things for kids. <laughs> okay, yeah, I stand corrected. It's right, got Chris. fruit right on the cover. I, oh, oh, okay. I, well, I want, you know, I'm worried about you, so just, you know. But yeah, the Diet Coke's probably best to wean yourself off of that. Here is your sarcastic advice of the day. Everybody pick up Felipe Vasquez. Right? LOL. LOL? I don't, I, what's the joke? Felipe Rivero changed his last name to Felipe Vasquez. What? Yeah. Yeah. This, for this real? Thing, this kind of thing happens. Is this for real? I didn't hear about that. Felipe Rivera. I'm going to double check. Yep. Change his name to Felipe Vasquez. I mean, that's, that's happened. Like Fausto Carmona became Roberto Hernandez, right? Well, that was, that was like a fake name. Right? Um, didn't John Carlos Stanton yeah. used to be Mike Stanton? Yep. Yep. And there was one more. Yeah. One more I'm trying to think of. Oh God. I just had it. Uh, Yomer Sanchez. Wasn't he Carlos Sanchez? He was. He was Carlos. Yeah. Um, yeah, there have been, there have been a few of those. I don't know what's going to happen on CBSSports.com, but if you're looking at your team and you see you have Felipe Vasquez instead of Felipe Rivero, don't freak out. You have the same talented lefty. All right. The big news. Let's take a look at some short-term Xander Bogart's replacements. He is out 10 to 14 days with a small fracture in his ankle. Do any shortstops come to mind for you fellas? I mean, the first name I thought about this. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. It's really good to be able to, yeah. Uh, the first name that came to my head was Tim Anderson, but he's, everybody bought in. I think he was 80% owned when I checked yesterday. So that's only going to be available in the most shallow of leagues. And I'm not even sure that I'd want Tim Anderson starting for me in the most shallow of leagues. So yes, but I did write about this yesterday. Um, as Drupal Cabrera and Ahmed Rosario are both underowned, uh, both had a pretty decent game last night. Rosario still has a ton of potential, and Cabrera has just been overlooked for like two and a half years. Now. Yes, yes, I agree. I tried to get Scott to draft as Drupal Cabrera in the 16-team league. He was not interested. I've said it so many times. He has second base, third base, and shortstop eligibility. And he bats cleanup or he bats leadoff. He bats, you know, Rosario unfortunately bats ninth for the Mets. But as Drupal's right there in the, in the mix of it, he's 45% owned. He's less owned than Dansby Swanson. And I know Swanson's off to a good start, but he has one walk, seven strikeouts. Probably. That was actually the name I was going to bring up. Okay. Uh, you know, before the season, he was someone that I did actually draft in a few leagues just because he was the number one prospect in baseball not that long ago. He's had. You know, he was bad last season, but he was pretty good, uh, in his major league debut in 2016. I just, let's not give up on that talent quite so quick. And now that he's off to a good start, yeah, he's someone I want to add. All right. Well, who would you rather have? Could Cabrera or Dansby Swanson? I would probably rather have Dansby Swanson right now. Heath? I would definitely rather have Cabrera. Um, mostly, and this is maybe a wrong way of looking at it, but, and Xander Bogart's going to be back in two or three weeks. I'm not going to play two shortstops. I think Cabrera's going to be better in the short term, so that's that's what I'm banking on. Okay, yeah, that makes sense, too. Um, also, got Nick Ahmed on the list. If you want to look deeper, Nick Ahmed, 20%. Dixon Machado, 7%. Eduardo Escobar, 34% owned. Shortstop eligible now. Uh, Franklin Barreto. I don't think I've talked about that, but they, they called up Barreto. He could play in the outfield a little bit. Any interest in Franklin Barreto, guys? I think we should be, yeah. I mean, he was bad last season when he got the call, but 
a pretty good prospect. Scott, I think, still had him in the top 40 fantasy prospects coming into the season. Um, is he going to play every day? That's the question. And let's let's keep an eye on him. I don't think he's someone you want to add as your Xander Bogarts replacement. He's someone you want to add maybe in a deeper league where you're looking for some upside. All righty. That is uh, Oakland shortstop, potentially outfielder, Franklin Barreto. More news. Lorenzo Cain kicked Jose Martinez's foot in a very awkward play. It was an accident. Martinez has a bruised Achilles, and Kane has a sore quad. And Martinez's injuries seemed a little more serious. Do we have any updates on them and how long this might be for Martinez and Kane? I haven't seen anything. Yeah, it, it could move Carpenter to first base and sort of temporarily uh, ruin his chances of gaining second base eligibility. So keep that in mind. Anthony Rizzo's on the DL. He is eligible to return in six days. Rudinetto, I, uh, yeah, I want to point one thing out about the Anthony Rizzo injury. Is Victor Caratini has played third base three times this season started. Uh, he's a catcher. He's going to play pretty regularly moving forward, at least for the next week or so, and has a round an 800 OPS in the minor leagues. I think if Wellington Castillo wasn't around, he'd probably be somebody that we could talk about as a starting caliber catcher. So at least for the next week or so, he could be useful. Yeah, you, I think you said Caratini's playing third base, first base. Dummy for the Cubs. No, I said first. Chris, uh, Heath? I heard absolutely 100% that he was playing third base. Yeah, you said third. Intervention. Let's have another Victor intervention. Caratini is playing first base, guys. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he will not be third base eligible. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. Uh, Root Net Odor looks like he is probably going to go on the DL with a hamstring strain, which is interesting. Jerks and Profar did replace him yesterday. But I think even more interesting, Joey Gallo had been moved down in the order. He'd been batting second, but the last three games, Gallo's been fifth or sixth, and Odor had been batting second. Maybe this gets Gallo up toward the top of the order more. But Odor. They're trying, they're like trying so hard to find something to not start like this, I think, with Odor. Um, right. I'm still interested in Jerks and Profar. Really? He is still only 25 years old, even though he made his major league debut 47 years ago. <laughs> Profar or Barreto, who's a better uh, Hail Mary? Barreto. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, the Angels, so their next three starters beginning on Wednesday for the Angels could be Jaime Berea, Nick Tropiano, and Andrew Heaney. Do you want to pick up any of these guys? I think Andrew Heaney's still pretty good if he's healthy. Um and we haven't seen a lot of that, but this was the top left-handed prospect in the game before he had Tommy John surgery. I, I want to see what he looks like. I actually did draft him in a handful of leagues very late. So if yeah. he has a good start, I'm really interested. I think my problem is just figuring out who that's on your roster you might drop for Andrew Heaney. Because I, I don't have any problem speculating on him. And if he were to get healthy, he could be a valuable guy depending on matchup. But I, I have a hard time thinking of pitchers I'm rostering that I would drop for Heaney. Okay, well, maybe deep leagues, you take a look at Andrew Heaney. Alex Cobb's gonna start for Baltimore at Boston on Saturday. I don't suggest you start him there. Joey Votto, uh, Joey Votto did not want a Philadelphia Phillies fan to get a foul ball. It was pretty funny. You can look it up, I won't get into it, but Votto likes what to play he, tricks. Cause he's, he's thrown the ball out of Wrigley Field a few times rather than give the foul ball to the fans. So I'm, I'm interested yeah. in what he did this time. So last year he, uh, he faked it to the Eagles fans, or to the Phillies fans. He faked throwing it into the stands. This time there was a slow rolling ball up the first baseline, foul territory, heading toward the stands. 
And instead of letting it get to the stands where a fan could reach over the wall and pick it up, Votto hauls ass, runs over <laughs> after the ball, picks it up himself, and keeps it and does not let the fan get it. And then he was smiling afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I think twice last year he just hurled the ball out of Wrigley Field. Yeah, he's awesome. And uh, JT Ray Almuto is close to being beginning a rehab assignment. Team name Tuesday from me, keeping it Ray Almuto. Mm. All right, fine. Better fine. ones coming up. <laughs> coming up, aces last night. Max Scherzer, complete game shutout, 10 strikeouts. And he stole a base. Corey Kluber, eight scoreless innings, 13 strikeouts. And he did not steal a base. Justin Verlander, seven scoreless innings, nine strikeouts. It's like we knew we had these aces going last night. Who would be the best one? I don't know. Scherzer, Kluber, Verlander, they were all incredible. Syndergaard was, was good. But he hasn't been quite great yet, even though, you know, four walks, 22 strikeouts, and 16 innings. But Syndergaard has not thrown more than 92 pitches yet. He has not thrown more than six innings yet. And Syndergaard was pitching with two blisters on his hand. And then we have Zach Godley, seven scoreless innings, nine strikeouts, 20 swinging strikes, as already mentioned. Scherzer, Kluber, Verlander, Syndergaard, and Godley were the five aces. And, and putting Godley in this group is, um, it, you know, is it deserved? I mean, look, I know he's not Scherzer and Kluber or whatever, but but you kind of get the point. Is he is he close? Uh, what do you, what's your take overall on these five complete studs last night? Um, how about this? Zach Godley is better than Dallas Keuchel. How about that take? In fantasy or in real life? In fantasy, I was gonna go with his teammates, Robbie Ray. I'm moving Zach Godley up and trying to decide if he goes ahead of Robbie Ray. And I, I might put him right behind Robbie Ray and see, see how the next start goes, but like, at least he doesn't walk five batters per outing. Right. Yeah. I mean, last year, what we saw from him was a lot of, or a decent number of strikeouts, not necessarily elite, but pretty good. Uh, more than a batter per inning, a lot of swinging strikes, a lot of ground balls. The development of that curveball has been, uh, really important for him, and it's it's both a swing and miss and a ground ball pitch. It's really good. Well, yeah. So okay, so Godly right there. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll take Godly over Archer right now. Yeah, I won't. No, just because Archer still has that elite strikeout rate and the the giant the big innings totals. I can feel a little bit of tension building on the Chris Archer situation. I. I think we're building towards about three weeks from now. He has a 4-4 ERA, and he's just had another six-run, six-inning, three-run outing, and we're gonna get another ERA matters. ERA does matter because this two years in a row where his ERA hasn't been good. And additionally, I, I, okay, I want to give a hat tip to Steve. Steve from Toronto sent an email, and he, you know, I, I brought up the issue of could you consider sitting Chris Archer in road games? And I would specify road games in small ballparks. And because over the last two years, in about 200 innings, 2016 and 17, Chris Archer has given up 37 home runs on the road. If you just look at his road starts. So Steve in Toronto broke it down. And he said in 2017, Chris Archer averaged 18.7 fantasy points per game at home. And 13.5 fantasy points per game on the road. Five fewer fantasy points per game. And in 2016, he averaged 13.4 fantasy points per game on the road. Uh, so 13.5 and 13.4 fantasy points per game on the road, that's not that good. And Can I? I yeah. It, well, I'll just finish up by saying 
especially in a points league, like he's he's not going to get a lot of wins. They're awful. Um, he hasn't even gotten you a quality start yet. Although his first start against uh, Boston was very good. The, the two a little more passion. The a little more now. passion. Well, I'm just saying. Like I, I, I just think Chris Archer. He's he's a little he's a little overrated, and I think you can sit him yes. in small ballparks. He I is. would like to. Uh, you're welcome, Chris Archer. Fans and owners, we needed to have a little bit of a uh, Chris Archer is overrated. Chris Archer is not a, a top 20 starting overrated. pitcher, and now he's going to catch on fire. A little well, overrated, yeah. and he's borderline top 20. Just to 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 actually engage with the the substance of what Adam's saying instead of just trolling. I'm not trolling. I was trying to get Adam <laughs> to go off on Chris Archer. Somebody's got to hey, somebody's got to take some give some, there some we takes go. here. Okay, 13.5 fantasy points per start. Over 32 starts is 432 fantasy points. I'm pretty sure that would have made him a top 25 starting pitcher. Last That's year. fine. That, I am absolutely saying he's a top 25 starting pitcher. Absolutely. Right, but you're no, but that's that's just on the road. Yeah, right. He's a must start at home. On the road, like I'm not. I don't think that it's a it's an obvious start at Yankee Stadium against that lineup. I don't think it's an obvious start in Fenway Park against that lineup. He's just okay. honestly he gives up too many home runs, and his ERA his, has, has been high two straight years. His fantasy points on the road last year were comparable to the full season totals of you Darvish, Trevor Bauer, Jose Quintana, and Lance Lynn last season. All guys who had had disappointing seasons and right, did but not that's, perform. But like that's him at no, But that's him at his. That's him at the the bad point. Those sure. are guys you start. I, I I know. I'm just saying. I don't think that. Look, I, at home, yes, he's an automatic start. And if you need strikeouts, then he's. But an I'm automatic only talking strike. about on the road. I am talking about that. Why can't why can't we why why can't we just accept that? You know that maybe you sit him. He's homer prone. He gives up too many homers, and that hurts his his numbers. I don't. Why are we ignoring that? Points. Well, then sit him in categories leagues. I don't know. Maybe, maybe because he might screw up your ERA. But that's the only thing he's going to hurt you in, even if he does poorly. No, he's, he's not. Still a, gonna he's get not strikeouts. a good whip guy. Archer's not a good whip guy. Like, I, I think that we've given him a little bit of a free pass for the last two years. Cause we know how talented he is. But I think the numbers you're, are the you're numbers. also over, overstating the case. Let me tell you what he was. I, I, okay, I'll tell you what he was last year, Chris Archer. Um, I think it might surprise you how low he finished. Uh, my, this is my hold music. It's the odd couple theme song for some reason. All right, Chris Archer was number thirty. He was a number thirty-eight pitcher in fantasy last year. I mean, like in Roto, yeah, in both. He had a four hundred two ERA. He had a one point two four WHIP, and he and he won. He was nine and nineteen. That's bad. But honestly, I don't know that is one loss. These are two thousand sixteen numbers. Yeah, what about yeah? No, I have him in. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. He well, was nine and nineteen in two thousand sixteen. Last year he was ten and twelve. He had similar ratios, so it may not be a lot different. Right. Except he didn't lose nineteen games, which we he, shouldn't he, expect him to lose nineteen games. He was the number seventeen starting pitcher in points in twenty seventeen. All right, well that's basically what I see him as. But Godley, I think, could be better than that and more reliable. And honestly, like I don't think that sitting him on the road is such a bad thing. That means that you get the best of Chris Archer without the frustrating Chris Archer. Well, but you might. That's not just sitting him, because you can't just take zero points. So you're going to be streaming his spot in the rotation and whenever certain, he's on the road. And, no, not whenever. I don't think you're gonna. I don't think 
Not whenever. And maybe you will. Some weeks you can average 13, 14 fantasy points per game from your streaming starting pitcher. It's not an unrealistic goal. But you, I don't think you can do it all season long consistently. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Just wanted to get that out there. All right. I got a sneaky buy low candidate for you. I want to know if, if you agree, but draft the draft app. Guess what? Challenge the listeners yesterday. First place. No big deal. Took home a nice $4 winning yesterday. We play for a buck. Uh, a five person contest. I'll do another one today. I'll throw out a challenge a little bit later. Follow me on the draft app at Big Kane 2. That's my name. Big Kane 2. So let's see my, uh, my team yesterday. Oh, I won 450, pardon me. Scherzer, Trevor Story, Matt Carpenter, Reese Hoskins, and Michael Conforto. Didn't take much to win yesterday. It was kind of a low-scoring game. I guess the studs kind of disappointed, but uh, Scherzer obviously was great. So, yeah, it's a it's a snake draft. I think I had the fifth pick of this draft, so out of five. So, obviously, I had the sixth pick as well. It's a lot of fun. When you sign up for draft and you make your first deposit, use the promo code FB today, and you'll get into a real money game for free by using the promo code FB today. Look, if you don't play Daily Fantasy, just give it a shot. Download the draft app. Again, use that promo code FB today when you make your first deposit. You get into a game for free. And you sign up. You, you just play in a two-person, t- up to ten-person draft. It's really easy. You look at the night slate. You see the players that you want. One pitcher, two infielders, two outfielders. The drafts are very quick. They take just a few minutes, usually 30 seconds on the clock in between picks. You probably won't need all that time. So don't be intimidated by it at all. I really, really love it. It's super fun. I know you're going to love it. And, again, the promo code on draft is FB today. Download the draft app or play on draft.com. Sneaky buy low. Agree or disagree? Garrett Richards. That's all. Garrett Richards. Uh, yeah, I thought you were going to give a case for buying him low. Um, <laughs> I, I think was, one could be I was made. considering it. But uh, would you like my, me to? My, my problem with Garrett Richards remains the same. I was unconvinced at the beginning of the year that he was going to pitch deep into games regularly or at all. And he's only going to pitch once a week because of the six-man rotation. And I think that gives you a really small margin for error as a starting pitcher that's not a top 20 or top 25 guy. I think he's got top 10 talent uh, for sure. I mean, what he showed in 2014 and 15, the problem is he's thrown 70 innings over the last two seasons, 60 innings over the last two seasons, and now he doesn't look right. And toss that in with the fact that he's only pitching once a week. And I just, I don't know how low you're going to be buying. If someone drops him, I'll definitely pick him up. I think the upside's there. Yeah. I but how low are we? T- I, I, I guess I'd rather have him than Jake Junis. Yeah. Well, I think you could easily make that trade right now if that's what you oh, want. Oh, for to sure. Do. Yeah. I have Junis about six spots ahead of him, but they're in the same tierish range. Yeah. I don't consider Garrett Richards a top 20 pitcher, but you know, he's got as of now through three starts. He's got what he says a mechanical problem. His arm is dragging. And the walks are the are the issue right now. But one of the best ground ball rates of his career and a career-high swinging strike rate. So if he can fix his mechanics and get the walks under control, he has 12 walks in 15 innings. Uh, he's You know, you look at his career and, and the walks per nine after his first two seasons, usually pretty solid. Maybe around three. Not a not a terrible walks guy. So I think he can get that fixed. That's That's my case. That I guess you look at the peripherals, which are a little... You know, after three starts, peripherals can be deceiving. But so far, the peripherals are good for Richards. He's just walking everybody, and I don't really think he's a walk guy. So that was my case for him as a buy low. Uh, but yeah, you, you, not as a top 30 guy, definitely not. 
And uh, yeah. like so, a, a lot of his peripherals do look impressive. He's got a five seven pip though. Why do you think that is? Because of all the walks. Twelve walks and fifteen innings. <laughs> That's which is terrible. Right, and that's just my point, is that I think that he says it's mechanical. If he fixes it, then I think, you know, could be... Well, and stuff. also, not just the walks, even. Um, he's been pretty fortunate on balls in play and in terms of sequence. He's got an 86% strand rate, 257 bad up against. All right, uh, let's get... All right, here's what we're going to do. We got, uh, got 20 minutes left or so, 25 minutes. Got Team Name Tuesday to get to. Going to look at some potential steals sources. Uh, talk about the weekend stuff, like I mentioned, just some fringy starting pitchers. Try to preview today's games, and I do want to read some emails. But first, I got the dropometer and the worryometer. Pronounced differently for some reason. The dropometer. Let's get zero to ten. Are these guys drops? Ninety-three percent owned. Yoan Moncada, who I will point out has not even attempted a steal, and only stole three bases in fifty-four games last year. Yoan Moncada, where is he on the dropometer? Zero. Two. Okay. How about on the steals o meter? Where is Yoan Moncada? Zero so far. It's so weird. He's he was a guy who attempted like seventy steals per hundred and fifty games in the minors, and now he's just not going to run at all. I have a hard time buying that. So we'll see. I mean, it could be a philosophical te- thing with the team, but. That doesn't make any sense because Tim Anderson yeah, came Tim out Anderson's. and said they told me to run. Right, right. Um, it's also a situation where, I mean, he's got four singles all year long. He's got seven walks, so he's been on f- first base 11 times. Who knows how many times there was somebody on second. That's a lot of times to not have an attempt. And, and it, it's also last year, 54 games, five stolen base attempts, three steals. I, I I agree that you can't drop Moncada. I mean, I want him in a roto league. There's no way I'm dropping him. But if he doesn't steal, then it's very disappointing, and it's oh, concerning. For sure. Yes. Yeah. All right. Drop a meter on Jason Kipnis, seventy percent owned. <laughs> Nine. So I, I guess there's no confirmation uh, bias. I guess there's no carryover effect from spring training between Jason Kipnis and Shohei Otani. Can we just kill spring training carryover no, effect ever? You can't kill it. Can certainly downplay it, but some sometimes there is. But I, I look, everybody on the Indians is struggling right now. So should that matter? You know, Lindor. It's been really cold everywhere they've played so far, right. so that probably matters. So zero I, to I, ten, zero to ten like, on Kipnis. Five, eight. I think at this point, if you're holding on to Kipnis, it's because you think there's upside, right? And I don't know that there's that yeah. much, but. I would I like so. to know how much more is he owned than as Dribble Cabrera? About it was Dribble's forty five percent and Kipnis is seventy. Yeah, I think all those people should probably drop Kipnis for Cabrera. Ryan Zimmerman, ninety percent owned. The guy who basically skipped spring training. Uh did not take any cactus league. Is he in the cactus? No. Grapefruit league? Gra- grapefruit. At bat. He made, did he take like two at bats or something? He, he worked off, he worked uh, on fields by himself, whatever. Ryan Zimmerman is off to a terrible start. He's batting 097. Uh, drop a meter. It's weird. Seven? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going, nothing about him makes sense. The spring or this. And last year. Yeah. I mean, last year at least we had the like, oh, he changed his swing. He was finally healthy. This year, like, he wasn't playing in spring games, but he was healthy. It, it just nothing really added up there. 
He had a 1382 OPS in his first 30 games and an 813 OPS in his last 114 games. Ryan Zimmerman, who plays a very deep position. So what was the number for Zimmerman on the drive? Seven. Seven. Chris? Seven. All right, Kyle Schwarber, zero to ten on the dropo meter. Nah. One, yeah. one. I'm not dropping him. All right, let's keep an eye on if he plays against lefties. So far, he is one for eight with a double and three strikeouts, but he has played against two of three lefties, I believe. Luckily Cole. for him, everyone on the Cubs is most everyone on the Cubs yeah. has been awful. I think Cubs Indians was my World Series pick, and uh, neither they can't hit. Hold you. <laughs> Uh, Cole Calhoun is 78% owned, 0 to 10. 4. 4? Yeah, 5. 10! Who the hell do you need Cole Calhoun for? Well, maybe because you have Kyle Schwarber on your bench and you're just waiting for him to do something. And you're starting a guy who's batting 217 with one home run? It's 11 games. He's not that good. I, he's he's over owned. You gotta look at like nobody okay, owns six. Cole Calhoun. Nobody owns Cole Calhoun in a ten-team league, so we can't let that affect it. You drop him for Chew, wouldn't you? Um, yeah. yes, currently I would. All right, I, I think you know maybe people are are hoping to see the home runs go up since they lowered the wall in right field. So if you want to wait a little and see if that happens, sure for Cole Calhoun. Tyler Glass now twenty-seven percent owned, zero to ten. Eight. Yeah. Yeah, I still believe. I, I want to see him get a rotation spot, but he doesn't have one. So if you need to go add somebody, he's an easy drop. It, do you think he's going to get They have such a bad rotation. I think he'll get a shot at some point, but I also feel like the longer this goes with him just pitching a couple innings at a time, the longer it's going to take to get him stretched out. Sure. Right. Yeah, they'll probably have to put him in the minors or something for a few weeks. All righty. Eduardo Nunez, 0-10 to 10 for Nunez. Zero. The home run was bogus. It Adam was bogus. It was not even a it real was. home run. You remember it, Heath? That's a hundred percent true. It's it was a, it was a very it nice was home a run. single. Heath has no he has no recollection of the home run. I tell you what, uh, <laughs> most of the guys on this list don't score on that ball, but he's so fast that he did. <laughs> Eduardo Nunez. I don't even know if it was a single. I think it should have been an out. I, actually, that I might be misremembering, but uh, yeah, he has a home run. It was an inside the park home run. It was stupid, but. He's off to a bad start. Pedroia, you know, Bogarts and Pedroia are both out right now, but they could be back within three weeks. I'm not dropping him. All right, he's a zero. That's fine. I was an easy one. Let's go to the worryometer now. I don't think we need to put Chris Archer on here anymore. So let's zero. start. A hundred. <laughs> zero. Let's start with John Gray. John Gray with a bad start at Coors Field against the Padres. And last year he was a run better at home than he was on the road. If you look at ERA. Worryometer on John Gray. Zero. Yeah, one. Okay, so buy low? I don't think you can after a core start, but sure, if you could, I would buy low on him. I, um, I'd um, i rather have John Gray than Jake Junis. It would rely on the person who owns John Gray not knowing who John Gray is. You know? like yeah. that. I'm not sure that's a safe bet. Uh, worryometer on Joey Votto. Negative 700. Okay. Zero. Worryometer on Francisco Lindor. Negative 700. Zero. I'll just play devil's advocate. Good. I'm not worried about Lindor. I'm, I am worried that he's going to be able to hit as well as he hit last year. Cause it was a really a 40 game streak where he had a 1057 OPS. He actually 
was disappointing for the first 119 games. 7.72 OPS, only eight steals. It is nice that Lindor already has uh, three steals and four attempts. But I, I'm a little worried, and I was a little worried about this coming into the season. He's not going to live up to last year's numbers. I, I think there's some reason to be concerned about that. On the other hand, he was weirdly unlucky in the first half last year. I think his BABIP was really low. Um, he was hitting a bunch of home runs, which wasn't really expected. And then in the second half, he ended up doing both. And that's that's why I'm I'm kind of not worried about it. I do think Lindor is just a great player. He'll he'll be awesome one way or the he'll other. He'll be fine. Yep. Uh, Jose Ramirez worryometer zero. I guess I'll say two just because he doesn't have the track record of some of the other guys. Last year was such a an outlier for him. One thing Ramirez does have eight walks and two strikeouts. That's always a good sign when a player is struggling. Uh, and similar, Andrew Benintendi, batting 161, nine walks, four strikeouts, but he's 0 for 7 with three walks against lefties. Loriometer on Benintendi. Zero, zero, zero. He has twice as many walks as he does strikeouts, and he has a 185 Babbitt. Okay. Uh, de- depends. Did I draft him 40th overall? Then I'm pretty worried. But I was worried that he was going to return value on that before, so this start hasn't really changed that for me. Alex Bregman, zero to ten. I mean, he got a he got a walk off hit the other day. I don't know what we're worried about. <laughs> I thought I thought Chris was just going to say same. Uh, no, I like Bregman more than Benintendi, so I'm I'm less worried about him. That that makes sense. I like I like the transparency. Um, I could I could almost say same because he's got an 18 percent walk rate, 10 percent strikeout rate, and a 200 BABIP. Well, the the big difference between Benintendi and and Bregman for me is I think Bregman's a little faster, and he doesn't have the lefty issues. Andrew Benintendi, I think at this point he has to prove he can hit lefties for me to believe it. Yeah, I, I think that could hold him back from being you know a true big time breakout. He can right. still be really good if he just does what he normally does against righties and a little bit better. But, yeah, the lefty thing is interesting right. for Benintendi. So for seven. People were drafting him ahead of Christian Yelich last season. And I think you're hoping he develops into Christian Yelich. And then that's that's the thing for me is Christian Yelich has already proven he can do that against lefties. Benintendi hasn't. Okay, guys. I hope everybody is watching CBS Sports HQ. It is I'm really proud of the guys for and the and the girls, everybody that put this together in the Fort Lauderdale office. CBS Sports HQ is twenty four seven live streaming sports information. Okay, it is news, scores, and highlights. It's all sports. Okay, it's very comprehensive and it's free and it's always on twenty four seven. It's free. Download the CBS Sports app. You can do it on your phone or on Apple TV, on Roku, any other connected devices. Watch online at CBS Sports HQ if you want to just take a look at what it's all about, and then you can download it and, and watch it on your uh, OTT device. I think you're going to really love it. CBS Sports HQ, it is outstanding, and I'm sure you will see Heath and Chris on there. Maybe me someday. You never know. Time for Team Name Tuesday. They came out swinging. They gave me a lot. Here we go. Anytime I say you, by the way, it's always a you Darvish team name. This is a very grim one. You hap to nuke em. Mm, very hawkish. All right, next one. The new phone, Junis. I like it. That was great. Soria, not Soria. Yes. Me Bundies. What? Me Bundies, like, like me Undies. Yeah, very good. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. One of our sponsors. Fat Bottom Gurriels. Yeah. 
Awesome. Nukem on the block. Piazza yes. party. Yes. Chew before eaten. That's good. Chew yes. before eaten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is good. Matt Albers. Hey, hey, hey. Yes, sir. <laughs> Upton girl. You are correct, sir. Got my suit and tie on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dynasty League owner of Sixto Sanchez has from Sixto Midnight. What if you draft Hunter Pence and you go with Sixto Pence, none the Richard? That's Sixto Midnight from Sixto Midnight is much better and very inappropriate. Uh, here's. <laughs> Did you just get it, Chris? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, that's great. From six to that's the best one so far. Oh, 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 Otani Auto Parts. Oh, rather Auto Parts. <laughs> yep. Uh, Punk's Otani Phil. Yeah. That's a good one. Nice little yeah. Groundhog Day reference. And Grandolf the or Grandolf the Gray. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Oh. I, good batch. Good batch, everybody. No, the solid work, everyone. I yeah. had to do some Googling because of how old I am, but now, uh, now I'm shocked in you, Azer. What, the sixth one? Yeah. I think it's okay. I think it's acceptable. Look, most people didn't even know what it meant. Yeah. So, uh, two thirds of the podcast for sure. Did you, <laughs> do you think we've got some unlikely steal sources here? Didi Gregorius, two steals and three attempts. He stole three and four attempts last year. Nolan Arenado, one steal and two attempts. Reese Hoskins, two steals in three attempts. Didi Arenado Hoskins. Do you think maybe we can get 10 to 15 from any of these guys? I doubt no. it. All right, I'm, I'm interested in Didi. Seems like he's picking up his game. Dude, he's got nine walks of three strikeouts. Best player on the Yankees, just like we all said. He might, he might be like a, a huge breakout. Uh, or maybe just kind of backing up what he did last year. Okay, anyway, um, Craig Gentry had two steals on Sunday against the Yankees. He has three this year. Nick Goodrum for the Tigers. I don't think he's going to play much, but he has three steals. Um, Rajay Davis, 8% old. He started yesterday. He stole a second base. If you want steals, get Rajay Davis. Uh, that's pretty much all I got there. Oh, don't leave the last one off. That's the one I'll agree with. Uh, yeah, but it's obvious. Tim Anderson, he's got five steals. We are well, about mentioned him. How about one more who stole two bases last night? Who that? Malik Smith. He if he gets a uh, an everyday a job one. or something close to it, he's going to steal a lot of bases. He's got, uh I think, around 30 and about 500 plate appearances in his major league career. So there is there's legitimate stolen base upside there. He had four hits and two steals yesterday, huh? Yeah. Good, yeah. Good game, Malik he, uh we don't know if he can hit in the majors yet. He's a career 250 hitter. He strikes out too much for not having any power whatsoever. But if he can hit like 270, that'll play. Okay, fringy starting pitchers. Tell me who you like on this list, and let's uh let's speed it up. These guys are owning 65 to 79% of leagues. Kevin Gosman, Marco Estrada, Lance Lynn. Nice start yesterday. He did walk four, but five scoreless innings, nine strikeouts against the Astros. Lance Lynn. Gosman, Estrada, Lynn, Julio Tehran, surprisingly solid yesterday. Jake Faria, ugh. Zach Davies, Michael Waka, Steven Matz. Who stands out? Definitely Lance Lynn, because he looked like a disaster start of the season. And the four walks in five innings is still going to catch up to him eventually. Houston does have a lot of hitters that swing and miss. 
but this is still really encouraging. He's your favorite. You'd rather have him over Estrada, over Gosman? Yeah. Oh, wow. Lance Lynn over Kevin Gosman, huh? I have not. I, I've been pretty down on Gosman most of the year, I think. Okay. So the Astros have the second highest strikeout rate in baseball so far after having the lowest last year and after being, I think, the highest the yeah. year before. I think they went worst to first. And now they're going yeah. back to worst. So, so well, that's, do that's the my, Astros have a lot of players that strike out a lot? My question before the season, and I never really got a, a, an answer, was whether team-wide strikeout improvements to that extent tend to stick. Because we saw not just new players coming in, like Carlos Beltran and Josh Reddick, who didn't strike out much, but also Carlos Correa, George Springer, guys like that really improving their strikeout rates. It's going to be interesting to see whether they they can improve from where they are right now um, or not. I hope Kevin Gosman can kind of break out this year. I know he was a, a trendy sleeper pick, but I just will caution. He, first of all, he was fine against the Yankees on Friday. Only struck out three, but didn't get crushed. Two runs in five innings. So bad in April, so be patient there. And Faria is 67% owned. He's off to a terrible start. I didn't mean to start him in one of my leagues, but I left him in my lineup. I hope maybe the commissioner will let me remove all of his stats, but probably not. Um, <laughs> the Tampa Bay Times said this about Jake Faria. Quote, there has been concern since spring training, some implied, some whispered, that Faria, 24, came in too casual, too cool, too something after the success he had after his June 2017 debut. End quote. So, would you like to know? Would you like to know something surprising about Kevin Gosman? Yeah, he was pretty good on Friday. He's all right, and he threw his splitter a bunch. Oh, good, 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 good. Funny how that works. Yeah, remember I stayed for twelve innings of that game out of fourteen. Um, all right, I think uh, pretty much done with the pitchers. What do you think about Liriano and Urania? Urania, Liriano and Urania. I nope. like Liriano more because he's a spark, and that's the only way I would use him. Before we get into today's games, let's read some emails. I haven't done a good enough job getting the emails in. We're getting a ton of them, so I hope you all are patient listening till the end. This is an email from Trip. Grade the trade. Give Rizzo and Darvish. Hates the Cubs. Give Rizzo and Darvish. Get Yelich, Sano, and Carlos Martinez. I like it. I, I don't... And- B plus. Thank you. I don't think you really know how to play the games that I that I put on here. Chris Towers. So Rizzo and Darvish. Seven. <laughs> Rizzo and Darvish for Sano, Yelich, and Carl, Carlos Martinez. I think Martinez and Darvish is pretty much a wash. So I don't think I would trade. I, I don't think I'd trade Rizzo for Yelich and Sano. So no, I'll say C minus. Email from Matthew. Where would you rank Mike Miner in your starting pitcher ranks? Um, let's scroll down. Oh, he's As, not. He's not starting pitcher eligible. That's why. Right. I'm just ah sixty nine. <laughs> okay. Nice. Six till midnight. And <laughs> that's 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 right at the Matt Harvey line. Oh. Yeah, I'd rather have him than Matt Harvey. Chris would probably rather have anybody than Matt Harvey. Can't say I blame you right now. Uh, I want to, okay, this is Mike from Hope Mills, North Carolina. I want to like Tyler Chatwood, but the walks worry me. Should I drop Tyler Chatwood for Sean Newcomb? Hey. Yes. 
John from Cincinnati. Hey, real quick, who would you rather own rest of season, Ozzy Albies or Ronald Acuna? Hmm. Acuna. <laughs> I don't know. Acuna, I guess. <laughs> I mean, like, Albies is doing it in the majors. Acuna probably has more upside, but, like, what's what's the context? Are you dropping Ozzy Albies? No, just a question. Who would you rather have? Acuna. Somebody offered you Ozzy Albies for Ronald Acuna. I, I'm, well, I, I supposed was, to answer that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, this is Do from, I need a second baseman? This is from Rosenda. Uh, I feel like this is an obvious question, but should I look into dropping Felix Hernandez? Is it worth a shot hoping he can at least give me a three-something ERA? I think he can give you a three-something ERA, but if there's somebody out there on waivers who you hope can do more, like Sean Newcomb, I'd rather have him. Agreed. All right, listen, emailers. I'm going to try to take some time this afternoon to reply to a bunch of them. I do apologize for not reading more on the air. Let's get to today's games. Today's games is a hit segment. More day games. We got Blake Snell at Carson Fulmer. Start either one of these guys, Snell at Fulmer? Start Snell. Yeah, I'm starting Snell for sure. Yvonne Nova at Tyler Chatwood. I'll start Chatwood. Yep. All right, Matt Boyd at Josh Tomlin. I will pass on both. Yep. Tomlin sneaky? No? Too yeah, I mean, he could have a fine start, but I, I don't see why you have to start him right now. I, yeah. He, he was available in a couple of different leagues, and he's a two-start pitcher this week, and I didn't even pick him up in that format. Reds at Phillies. Homer Bailey at Aaron Nola. Start Aaron Nola. Okay. Mike Fultonevich at Steven Strasburg. Start straws. I yeah. don't think I'm starting Fulty. I know Fulty's had a nice start to the season, but he's still not getting a lot of swinging strikes, so I'm I'm not buying it yet. All right, he did pitch very well against the Nationals last time out, but it is risky. No, just risky, not risky. Blue Jays Orioles. Aaron Sanchez at Andrew Kashner. I will start Sanchez. Uh, begrudgingly. I mean, are you guys excited for Yankees Red Sox Severino Chris Sale? Are you excited for that? No. Like if you're not, uh, if, if you're not I'm excited, excited to root for the Red Sox. If you're not excited about that, it's because you hate either the Yankees or the Red Sox or both. But as a baseball yes. fan, yes. As a baseball fan, how are you not excited for this game? Uh, uh, I mean, it'll be fun to watch. Is this it? Uh, it's not at home for the Yankees, but uh, Stan will still get booed. <laughs> oh yeah, Stanton's going to catch. There, there will be signs that say something about five strikeouts. I'm sure. Um. I, I'm not. I'm not overly excited about it, though. All right. Well, you and be. I do hate the Yankees, so that I think your hypothesis is correct. Jacob Degrom at Carson Smith. Degrom, yes, Smith, though. No. Tyler Skaggs yeah. at Martin Perez. Skaggs, yes. Perez, no. Skaggs, probably. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. I guess I jumped the gun. Dallas- yeah, we're weirdly way bought in on Tyler Skaggs on this podcast, and I'm not sure I'm on board. I feel like the 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 Tyler Skaggs bandwagon has picked up a little bit too much momentum. And I just want to note that I'm not quite jumping on. I, I feel that. I'm, I like Tyler Skaggs, but I don't fully trust him. Uh, I don't know that it's a tough matchup, though. You know, a lefty going against the Rangers. No Odor, but kind of reduces Gallo a little bit. Beltre hasn't been hitting. I don't know. I'm, I am starting fine. him, but two-start week. 
Dallas Keiko and Jake Odorizzi. Uh, Keiko, yes, what about Odorizzi against the Strohs? No. Nope. Brent Suter, Carlos Martinez. Start Suter? No. More like Sitter. Yeah, I, I don't, it's not as bad a spot as he was in last week, cause that's a good ballpark for the type of pitcher that he is. But, uh, probably not. Felix Hernandez, Eric Skoglund or Skoglund? Yep. <laughs> I don't mind starting Felix here. I know I'm very much in the minority on that one, but it's a good matchup. Yeah, it's it's a good matchup in terms of win potential. It's a good matchup in terms of probably ratios. I it's probably you not. Probably a good won't get a lot of strikeouts. Yeah. Nope. And Joey Lucchese at Tyler Anderson. We're gonna sit these guys at cores. Sean Manaya at Hyunjin Ryu. Interesting matchup here, guys. I'm starting Manaya. Yeah, I'll start Manaya. Diamondbacks and Giants, Patrick Corbin, Johnny Cueto. Start them both. Start them both. All right. Can't wait to talk about selling high on Cueto after another good home start. That'll be three home starts for Cueto (laughs) after tonight. I'm actually trying to sell him before this game in case it goes horrible. I'm going to make you an offer very shortly. Please do. For Chris and Heath, I'm Adam. Talk to you Wednesday. Great to trade.